Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey Nick, I know you've heard of the Watch My Numbers app. It is brand new and it is going to dominate the golf app scene for a long, long time. If you want to improve your game, you need to know the areas you're doing well in and where you need to improve. And this app will tell you exactly that, Nick. Yeah, you're spot on, Mark. It's the most powerful database golf app in the world and it helps analyze and improve your game like never before because it uses real-time data from your rounds and highlights the areas of your game that you want to look at. You get actionable and usable info in minutes not ours. That's really important. It's easy to use. You can set up your profile very quickly. I've done mine. And start accessing data and subscriber-only content straight away. Hmm. Who's it aimed at? Well, it's aimed at people who want to improve their game. It's for all levels of every golfer out there, particularly powerful if you're a mid to low handicapper. But it's great for the elite level and pros as well. So elite and pros as well. I like that. Watch my numbers, download it from the App Store and turn your bogeys in the birdies. It's week 48 of the golfing calendar and the Australian Open, well, could not have been more exciting. The men's, the women's, the all abilities, all incredible. In fact, there's an arse size shape in my couch where I did not move from for four days. Got to say thanks to Ping, they will help you play your best. You can get a Ping Club fitting from your local golf shop or professional. And the Golf Clearance Outlet. You're in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, and online at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. But now, with a lot to talk about, the hosts of the number one Australian golf podcast, Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. This is Talk Birdie to Me. Have you pushed the button yet, Dan? You sound so So condescending when you say that. Or a no. Yes, it's a yes. Did you bring the wine in today? No, I didn't. It's okay. uh, very early in the morning, so I didn't bring any wine in. But look, it is great to be at Australian Golf Headquarters straight after both Australian Opens and the Australian PGA. But the best news is we had somebody right there up in the booth who was uh, handling it all. And I want to ask this question. You had three tournaments going on at once. Mm-hmm. Um, considering that, it kind of went reasonably smoothly. And I'm talking about graphics going up and everything yep. else, Nick. What do you think? Very impressive. Uh, three tournaments in one. If the if the viewer at home could see behind the scenes as to what was going on there with trying to run three go- three tournaments over two golf courses, it is amazing how well they did. And and uh, to mod Michael O'Dwyer and his team at APAC, they uh, they did a, a great job. And I thought all that side of things went pretty smoothly. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to have your hiccup here and there with certain things, but it's totally it's no understandable. But uh, from from what I got on some of the feedback, and I know my wife watched it and that, and she said, look, it, it, it looked really great, similar to the PGA the week before. Yep. And, um, and yeah, we had uh, dramatic finishes too. Oh, well, let's talk about them because uh, uh, Joachim Newman, uh, the way he played the 18th three times in mm. a row, like in regulation going down – I don't know what hole it was of the driving range, wasn't it? Down the right-hand side. So the funny thing was, in the 18th hole, 72nd hole that yep. he played, he hit it almost into the corporate villages. Yeah. Now, we'd had a meeting earlier in the week with uh, 
you know, the, the rules officials from the DP World Tour and the Australasian Tour, and they've gone, well, there's out-of-bounds over there on the right where the corporate villages are. So when he hit it out there, I thought, oh, well, I think he might be out-of-bounds. But anyway, they found the ball. Obviously, the out-of-bounds is further down. Yeah. He ends up climbing through the hospitality tents trying to get a line yeah. on where to go. <laughs> Hits this shot, just looks down, doesn't know where it's going. Doesn't know where it's going. Middle yeah. of the green. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then to hit and, those two and, shots. And pin high. Not only middle of the green, the number was perfect. Yeah. His caddy, Gary. Uh, Gary Matthews, I think his last yeah. name was. Uh, the animal, as we used to yes, call him. Yes, that's him. <laughs> he's, he's a beauty, the animal. Uh, used to caddy for Tim Clark uh, many years ago. And I, I played with Tim in the President's Cups and the animal and my caddy, Wilbur. Yeah. They, uh, they got on like a house on fire. It was a lot of fun. But uh, it was great to see him get the win, obviously. But um, to get that number right from there, that oh. was impressive. And the galleries were loving it too. They were high fiving yeah. him all the way down. Yeah, and the eagle putt just it just that where the pole was cut was just on the upslope. Yeah. It was tracking if he didn't pick up. If 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 he knew about the if he factored in the upslope, mm. I think he holds it. But I, I think it was pretty clear that he didn't factor that upslope in. It fooled everyone. Um, even when they had the third round pin where it was front right, this was middle right. There's an upslope there that she, because, yeah. because it's going away towards the water, you're thinking, well, yeah. it's probably going to be a little quicker than what it looks, and it never is. Yeah. And that, that green fooled a lot of people. So the playoff was fun too. I mean, he bombed a drive down there. It's nine on in the first time. Just to, popped to, out of the rough. It was two. Yeah. Just jumped out. To five feet. Hoshino's in the fairway bunker. I want to talk about him soon. Yeah, Hoshino was in the greenside bunker on both playoff holes. I remember that. And he, he those two up and downs are really impressive. Oh, That's a mate. tough bunker shot over there. I thought he was going to play more the chunk and run, but both times he threw it all the yeah. way up there and spun it. Gutsy. But the way he putts, he, he was such an aggressive putter for two weeks. Yeah. We saw it at the PGA the week before. We saw it here, and everything just banged into the back of the hole, and he just knocked those putts in. Yes, he knew he needed to make them, so he gave him a bit of speed, took the break out. But that but was standard for him. That's that what he's was, been doing the last yeah, two weeks. It was all class. I mean, he's finished runner-up, runner-up the last two weeks. Incredible. Yeah, in big events, and mm. didn't hit the driver that flash, as far as I'm concerned, and he's finished runner-up, mm. runner-up. Now, every time I saw him with an iron... You know, they were they were brilliant shots, and he was you know had the ability to hit the ball the right weight every single time. It wasn't over the back, it wasn't too short, but the hands of gold, yeah, associated with this Shimo character. Some of the chips, where a lot of others would be putting, and a lot of um, the bunker shots, like you were just talking about, the chunk and runs a real option. But no, he'd throw it. Doesn't matter what's in the background. Yeah, I think he only hit one bad chip all week, and that was on Sunday on uh, fourteen to par five, where he chunked one. Uh, it was a real grainy chip, yeah. so I was surprised he actually did chip that one. But uh, had you heard of him before? I'd no, never, I'd never heard of this character no. before in my entire life. I'd heard of Hisatsune. Yeah. Uh, who just won the Sir Henry Cotton Rookie of the Year yeah. uh, as a Japanese player. The first time that's ever happened. Yeah. And there's only ever been three other Japanese winner on, on tour, Hisatsune, Matsuyama, and Aoki. So Hoshino was going for a bit of a record there to join them, yeah. go down in history books. And uh, I was just so impressed with how he gutted it out as yeah. well. And, and if he had a one, well, they would have had to find a, a, a Japanese translator as well. I don't think he speaks much English. <laughs> and the Buhai win was, was an interesting one as well. I mean, the... the uh, 54th hole, she's in perfect shape to yeah. actually go at the green in two, doesn't, lays mm. up, which was interesting. She had a four-shot lead at the time. I guess she's thinking, you know, I can still make birdie here and take five shots in, but that was interesting. And then she followed that up with, what, 12 pars in a row to start? I thought she yeah. was going to do a Nick Feldo know, there for a little while. I was hoping, yeah. Uh, it was funny. I was out wandering around in the morning, and my good buddy, uh, Soren Keltsen, who's a Danish golfer, and 
And uh, I've known him for 25 years, a ripping guy, and it's a credit to him that he's still out on tour to be able to play at the highest level. He's getting close to 50 these days. He's still playing the DP World Tour. That's impressive. Yeah. But he came off uh, the ninth green because he teed off 10, and we'll, we'll talk about all that yeah. shortly. Um, and he's gone, yep, good luck this afternoon, everyone, because it's really hard out there. The greens were at least about a half a foot quicker. Yeah, The winds were getting up to 30K an hour, gusting up to 50, yeah. and everything was just drying out, and you just knew it was going to be carnage out there in the afternoon. And par was actually a good score. I mean, you saw yeah. Buhai 12 pars in a row. She didn't make a birdie all day, shot 75, and ended up winning by one from yeah. Minji Lee. Minji Lee made eight birdies in that final round. Yeah. Eight birdies. I want to talk about both Lees. Yeah. So let's start with Minge. Yeah, unfortunately, she made a double on 13. That was yeah. the one that killed her. Yeah. She was sort of within, I think she was within two at that stage. And Buhai made her first bogey. And Minji, unfortunately, get a, yeah. chipped a couple of times from the front of that green. That's such a hard pin on 13, the front one there. Yep. Putting was an option. We saw G.A. Shin do it on the same hole. But she played awesome, Minji. I mean, to come back from how far back she was going into the mm. weekend, she was a long way behind. Yeah. Uh, Minwoo uh, looked like the star of the show after rounds one and two, and then just the magic fell out of his golf bag. Mm. Well, the shot he hit into 18 on Friday, I think it was, from the pine straw, 173-meter. Staggering. Nine iron. Yeah, staggering. That was. I'm going to do my masterclass on that later. Actually, hitting out a pine straw. Oh, but, beautiful! Yeah, because that was something. Like yeah. it, it was a joke how good that shot was. Was there a little close face to get the ball to yeah. move? He hit a little. Ho- he had to hit a little hook, a, a little, little, little draw. Yeah. But when it landed, it's gone sideways on him. Oh, He's right. almost freaking hold the thing. Yeah. The way <laughs> yeah. the way it landed landed. That's what Tiger used to do. He used mm. to do lots of stuff like that. Yes. To where you go, hang on, how did the ball do that? How did the ball <laughs> dance like that? Yeah. And Minwoo does a bit of that himself. He does. Yeah, there's a bit of slope there to help him. But the way he finished Friday, he only had a three-shot lead going into Saturday. And you're going, I think he's going to walk this in. And then he he opens up Saturday with a massive drive, hooks another 9-iron in, I think, on the first, mm. which is 400 meter, 450 mm. meter, meter par four, makes birdie to go to 13 mm. under. And you're thinking, this could be all over. Yeah. But then... Uphill par four, by the way. Yes. Yeah, up, 450 meters uphill. Well, it's really a par five. Yeah, I mean. yeah, <laughs> but well, they, is, is they make it a four for the tournament. Yeah, yeah. It is for members. It's par yeah. five for us. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, he he actually struggled Saturday. It was the first time you've seen him kind of struggle the last couple of weeks, but he still ground out a one under par, mm. which was really impressive. And that's one of the things he's learned, I think, this past year. He, he said in his press conference, I've learned how to shoot good scores while not mm. playing well, and I've learned that from the best players. Well, interesting, you know, after his win at the PGA... It probably would have been the very first time he teed it up on a Thursday where he was the star of the show. I think, you know, last week at the PGA. I think in Australia. He, in yeah. Australia. Well, anywhere. Well, Macau Open, which he won. Was he, he the was, star there? Yeah, was he? he was okay. the star, I think. Uh, well, certainly in Australia. That was the very first time. I mean, the PGA had Cameron Smith and Adam Scott. Uh, they were the stars of the show. Mm. Min Wu was, we were hopeful. Yeah, but when he's still on the first tee on Thursday, he was the star of the show. And then when he's still on the first tee on Saturday, he was expected oh. to win. Yes. And they're very different pressures. Very, very much so. Very, very different pressures when you're, when you, when you, what is he, 25? Mm. When you're 25 years old. Um, he's going to have a ripping 2024. <laughs> I reckon just, just put it in the bank. Put it in the bank. He is going to yeah. do something I, very special. He, he, I think people. he'll win on the PGA Tour and he's going to go close to a major, yeah. I, I'm guessing, yeah. um, in 2024, if he keeps up what he's doing because he is 
He's an excitement machine. Yeah. And there's a new woozy in town, as they call yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Not Ian Woosnam. <laughs> it's it's well, Min Woozy. It's, it's interesting when it's uh, poking out the back on his uh, Yaddish book. Yeah, it, oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it says it right there. So I think everyone's calling him Woozy. Hey, I do want to talk about just the format of the Australian Open before we go any further. Yeah. Um, I, I called it experimental. Uh, I think uh, Mike Clayton called it uh, experimental too in, he, in one of his articles that he's written this week. Um, I just want to read out uh, a tweet from one of the players, uh, mm-hmm. James Marcazzoni. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, this came out on Saturday. Spare a thought for the lads off at 1.05pm on the 10th who start the day at four under par. Six and a half hours after... Players at three under start their rounds, and 16 minutes after the lead group tees off. Mm-hmm. Now, having three tournaments going in an event, and certainly having uh, two tournaments on the weekend, that there were always going to be vagaries that we aren't used to yeah. in in Australian Opens. That one's a big one for me. Mm. Um, I don't know what the Australian Open does because what you want to do is you've got to keep things fair in our National Open. For sure. So I don't know what they do from here, Nick. Now, you've got insight that not many others would have. Well, yeah, and and that's the thing. Last year, we had the double cut. Yep. Okay, if you remember it, Victoria and Kingston Heath, the players didn't like that. Cameron Smith ended up missing the second cut by a shot, I think. So he wasn't there on the Sunday and it took away the opportunity for him to make a charge. To shoot 61 and win. Which I completely understand. So the double cut is is never great, I don't think. so. Not in a a national open. So what happened was, obviously we'd love to have a one T start so it keeps it fair for everyone. The problem we had was you had a cut for the men of uh, 60 pros plus ties. Yes. So that includes amateurs as well. Okay. Right. So, so you get sixty pros, and then you have, if you have amateurs on top of that, well, then the cut goes out. It, it yeah. doesn't go out, but you add more players. That's right. In the end, there was sixty-seven men that played the weekend, nice. which is about right. Nice and neat. On the women's side, they were because they had a short, a smaller field, only about eighty players who yeah. teed it up. They had a cut of thirty-two pros who make the cut. Their Plus issue there amateurs. is a lot of the best players on the women's side are amateurs still so that were in the amateurs, field. How many amateurs made the cut? 17 amateurs made the cut. Okay. So that means they had a women's cut of 47 players rather than 32. So they couldn't do the one T start because yep. it was too big a field. So then they have to revert to what we call the U draw, a morning and an afternoon field as well. Uh, yeah, so not one U draw, but two, two yep. U draws. And what that means is, well... I don't know what the best way to explain it is, Hugo. I'm going to try and explain it, okay? So My head's full after the weekend. So you've just got to imagine that it's an, there's a, if, if there's a big storm in the morning and they want to avoid that lightning storm, what they'll do is they'll put the leaders off at 1 o'clock and then they go down uh, to you know maybe 11 o'clock and if the leaders are at 10 under, then you might go all the way down to 4 under and they're hitting off two hours earlier off the same tee. Yep. And then what they do... They move the players across to the 10th tee at the same time. So if you're on four on the par, you might be hitting off at 11 o'clock if the leaders are hitting off at one o'clock. And some of them will be hitting off at the first tee. Others will be hitting off the 10th tee. But then mm. what happens is it goes back up. Back up, yeah. So what you have a situation with the leaders are hitting off the first tee at one o'clock and the people who are coming absolutely last in the field are hitting off at the same time off the 10th tee. Correct. And the so middle players called, meet in the middle that's it. first off. So what happened, 
And there was a big, obviously, a thing, I think, going on social media about Adam Scott. Yeah. Okay. He almost won. The, well, he should have won the golf tournament. He should tournament. have won the tournament. So I've got a bit of inside info here for you, by yeah, the way. Go on. He's leading the golf tournament. Yeah. 14 under par. He's had to hit off the 10th tee, as we know. I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But seventh hole. He's got three holes to go because he teed off 10. Three holes to go. He's only two groups behind the last group, by the yeah. way. So conditions were tough. All we're thinking is if he finishes 14 under, I think that could win. Yeah. And as it turned out, it, it would have got him in a playoff. Yeah. Snipes one left on seven. There's yeah. a range over there. We know it's out of bounds. And the camera got to it. I don't know if you saw it at all, but it's up against the fence. Yeah. It's, there's up, a little bit of room. It's up against the net up against of, the, of well, the driving range. Yeah. There was actually a bit more room than what the camera angle showed. Guess who was over there giving the ruling? Our man. Our buddy, <laughs> Stuart McPhee. <Stewie. laughs> I ran into our man at the Qantas Lounge as I'm yeah. coming home. Good old Stewie. Good old Stewie. And uh, basically, he said, yeah, that was me uh, there. And I had to give the ruling. We, when we first got there, it looked as though he was in bounds because we thought that was the you know where the where the posts were, et cetera. But as it turned out, the white posts were sort of tr- – you couldn't quite see them. They were behind. I couldn't, I couldn't see any white they posts. Were, they were behind this big uh, – the, the, the pylons. The pylons, yes, exactly. And then when they looked at it again, he's gone, oh, no. And it was only – he said it was only about three or four inches that – Scotty's ball was out of bounds, so oh he'd hit a provisional off the tee, but his provisional had gone a long way the other way. But yeah. Scotty'd actually started walking back to the tee. He was might have been a bit, I don't yeah. know, flustered or whatever. But anyway, he goes to his and he ends up making triple and yeah. and loses the golf tournament. But some people said, well, you know, why can't we have Scotty off number one? Well, yeah. he was at that point in the draw where it tips over to number ten. Now, yeah. that, I, and that's because there's men, then women, then men, men yeah. then women, men, then women, all the way down. There was actually a point where. And again, this you could say this is unfair. This is not, you know, whatever. But I think for the betterment of the golf tournament, he was first off 10. They could have put him flipped with the first off one, which was a women's group. They could have flipped them over to 10. Mm. And because those players in the women's side were actually we're out of the golf away. tournament, they were a long way behind. Whereas Scotty, if he got on a run, could still win. And for the sponsors that yeah. pay all the money, obviously, at the yeah. end, they, they want to see someone win on the 18th green. Yeah, well, that, that, that's the question for Golf Australia yeah. uh, next year because yeah. if if I'm a big sponsor, and let's say I've outlaid $400,000 partly for sponsorship of the tournament, partly uh, for a corporate box right behind the 18th green, if I didn't see the, you know, our Tiger Woods, Adam Scott, whole the winning part of the Australian Open right in front of me, I, I would have been really disappointed. Now, that didn't happen, and you know, Golf Australia probably dodged a little bullet there. Um, but still, you, you kind of even want to watch people who are close, you know, maybe have that 30-footer on the last in front of the corporate boxes to get into a playoff. Mm. Yeah, um, and the issue we had because of the big field, because of the, the way the draw worked, you know who mm. teed off 10 on the final day? There who? was Smith, yeah. Leishman, yeah. Scott, yeah. Um, Hisatsune yeah. and a couple other big names yeah. as well. So. well. All the live players made the cut, by the way. Did they? How yeah. many were playing? Uh, I think there was seven. Okay. Laurie Cantor was up there for a while and yeah. he's been a reserve on live and uh, we were thinking, okay, this yeah, is interesting. Go. Yeah. <laughs> we could Bloody have a live playoff. Plenty happening. <laughs> anyway, look, so there are a lot of pros and cons. Golf Australia will work through them. Um, we all know that both tournaments stand up by themselves. Is it worth going forward? Uh, well, they'll they'll have all the numbers, and they'll yeah. they'll they'll know better than you and I know. Um, but you do want to have a tournament that is as fair as possible 
when we're playing our national now. Yep. I think there needs to be a few more tweaks for him to I think there's going. a couple. But at the end of the day, if you watch the coverage, you would think that was a fantastic golf tournament. Yeah, it was. I think. No, no, it was. The, the, the actual... The actual tournament... How it played out, it was, was riveting. Was, and was, I was right there in the booth talking about it, and it was so much fun. I watched heaps of it. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Beautiful. And I, you know, I felt so sorry for Scotty on seven. That was uh, Yeah, it was a tough one. Yeah. <sighs> it was brutal. Yeah. It was brutal watching it. Cause I think we're all, we're all now. Hey, was that a little voicemail thingy I heard? It was. Uh, it looks like we have one. Should we hear it? Yeah, let's go. You have one new voicemail. New message. Hi, Mark and Nick. I wanted to ask your thoughts on the recent report that the USGA and the RNA are planning to roll back the golf ball rather than a bifurcation of rules or a local rule being implemented by 2028. Do you see these bodies being out of touch with the real amateur amateur level compared to the elite amateurs like pennants and a like single digit hand, like golf single digit and plus handicap golfers and professional golfers? I can't see how everyday golfers like myself in a B and C B and C graders needing our games to be made any harder than they currently are with a golf ball that's not going to go as far with a change in the, the implementation of the swing speed that they want to use. Wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Good, uh, thanks, Michael. Uh, great question because um, if you haven't been watching social media, uh, it looks like the RNA and the USGA at some stage this week are going to bring it out. Now, the people that I follow on social media are talking about the ball spinning more, which is kind of what we've been talking about for everybody. And the reason that you and I both like that, Nick, is because when I use a Pro V1, which is the normal ball I use, every once in a while I'll, you know, I'll test out the Pro V1X. Now, the Pro V1X spins more off with the driver. It's just it, it spins more. I can't notice the difference that the ball travels when I play. And, you know, I'm still playing with 103, 104 miles per hour club head speed. So what's that? Uh, I still can't get to 160 ball speed. I'm right there with you. All right. <laughs> so I, I can't tell the difference. And, and that's as honest as I can possibly. Now, around the greens, I can really tell the difference. The, uh, the X spins more and it's better out of the bunkers and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So for your average golfer, and I'm one of them now, um, I, I can't see the difference. But we know that exponentially, the higher the ball speed you have, they really do notice, particularly when they put a track man behind their ball. For instance, I was told when uh, Dustin Johnson would hit a TP5 as the TP5X, that's right, um, there was... A big difference, like it was 12 yards of carry. So he mm. obviously uses the harder ball. So I think making the ball spin more, which is what I'm hearing they're going to do, is one really key aspect. Now, Nick, you're going to love this next one. Mm, please. Because they are talking about bifurcation, but they're talking about it just with the driver head size. Mm. Now, when I say they, people who I follow who I think are in a position to kind of know what's on the way. Finally. So I if, hope so. If they do that, I think that is a perfect storm for golf because your real average player who doesn't care what ball they, you know, they'll find the ball and play yeah. it. They'll tee it up the next hole. They haven't got a, they, they, you know, they don't care. The elite amateurs, well, I put myself and you still in that bracket. All right. We don't hit it as far as them, but we don't know. I can't tell the difference with a spinning ball than a non spinning ball. With all of my clubs, except for when we get really close to the green. Yeah. 
But if we start making the head a little bit smaller mm. for the driver and the ball is now not only spinning more but side spinning more, hooks and cuts, mm. and we don't make the driver the easiest club in the bag to hit, I think that makes a lot of sense. And then your amateurs can still whack away with the great big clubs that we've got at the moment. I think it's perfect if, if that happens. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, th- I think even Rory McElroy yep. came out yep. and said, look, yep. yeah, we need this ball to spin a bit more, change yep. a little. And the thing was, it's 2028, by the way. I mean, that's yeah, five so, years away. Yeah, okay, right. so no stress just now, for sure. But as you say, Mark, I'm, I'm not that fussed if the ball doesn't – if the ball goes the same distance, fine. But spin on the ball, guess what? Yeah. Players won't be going at it as hard because they won't be able to control it as much. That's right. If they hit it sideways, with the smaller head on a driver, yeah. that makes a huge difference. The reason they can create these speeds at the moment is because there's so much forgiveness yeah. in the driver. It's why I mean Bryson DeChambeau basically yeah. changed the game almost yeah. for a little while there because they're just going flat out. And kids now they're just taught to smash the ball. Now if they had a driver the size of the, I mean this is yeah. ridiculous, the size yeah. of a three wood. Well, guess what? You're not going to. Yeah. You're not going to be, you know, going at it as hard because you're going to try and get a bit more control out of it. The ball spins a bit more, so if you don't quite middle it, yeah, it's going to go much further offline. So, but again, even if they roll the ball back a little bit for distance-wise, might be four or five yards for most golfers. I, I mean, ninety-eight percent of golfers, I'd say, I, if I, that. I think it's like for me again, not getting to 160 miles per hour ball speed. It's two yards, yeah, with a driver, so that's unnoticeable. Mm. So five irons the same, wedges the same. They're all the same. So I, th- I think it's a really good way to do it. And don't forget, they're not actually doing this for the players that are there now. Mm-hmm. They've got all the numbers on the best amateurs in the world in college that are coming through. So that's, they are seeing what's coming through. That's the scary thing. Yeah. In 10 years' time, if, if we're still going down this path, I mean, 400-yard drives yeah. could become the norm. Yeah, ridiculous. The sergeants of the world. Oh, yeah, okay. This little skinny kid who you know, teed it up at an Ivy League school was hitting the ball close to 380 yards. So the question from Michael was essentially, he, he thinks this is going, going to make it harder for blokes like him who are just an average golfer. No. What I'm hearing from you guys is for blokes like him and for normal people, it will make no difference. It'll make no difference no. whatsoever. You'll still be able to use the driver you're using at the moment. Yep. You're going to have a golf ball that will spin considerably more for Dustin Johnson, but won't do much when you hit the ball. Yeah, and if they at do, all, if they do bifurcate the driver, where they go, okay, then they have to go a cutoff point. Where does it? Where does it come in? Well, I would say college players in the US, yep. uh, national amateur events, yep. you know, which gets you into bigger yep. events on the world stage. Maybe it gets you into a, yep. whatever the Australian Open. Well, then those events, yes, you have to use the regulated driver yep. or, or whatever it is, and then the rest of us, hey. Yeah. Just go at it and uh, make the game as easy as possible. I'll, I'll do your job. I'll do the RNA and the um, USGA. Just listen up right now because I'll help you. <laughs> All right? I'll help you right here. If you're playing in an event where handicap doesn't matter, then that's it. If you if you if if there are no handicaps, then you, there are no big clubs. It's very, very simple. Mm. Club championships, for instance, there are different handicap levels at all club championships, so you can use the big clubs. But if you're playing in a... Ivor Witten here in Victoria or the big amateur events anywhere else in this country where there are no handicaps. Mm. If there are no handicaps, you're using different clubs. Simple. So even if they bifurcate the clubs, that's not going to affect Michael if he's just having a smash with his mates. That's right. He plays whatever he, whatever if he, he wants. If, he's, if the biggest week in his year is the club championships, you, you, you will not notice the difference. 
In fact, you might even play better because you'll have more control around the greens. Hey, we'll get you on the uh, RNA committee there, Mark. <laughs> There's a few committees I want to get on. <laughs> there are a few. Now, did you guys uh, you guys see Tiger at the weekend? Yeah, can we talk about that after the break, please? Ah. Can, can we can we do that on the tenth tee? Because I watched closely, and I've got a few things to say about Tiger Woods' game. Ooh, okay. Mm. 
from Ping, look out. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, by the way, I had a good friend who uh, went down to the golf clearance outlet and got himself three of the gloves, loves them, got himself uh, two tailor-made, uh, well, got one driver and one mm-hmm. forward, 18 degrees, loves them. Beautiful. Um, and he also got a rangefinder and walked out of there with under 1200 bucks. All those things. Wow. So ridiculous. All that, brand new and the latest stuff. Yeah, that is impressive. Hey, by the way, I was watching the guys warm up on the range the other day. Yeah. Adam Scott. Yeah. Irons. Yeah. Ping. S. Uh, he, blue, blueprint S. Are you kidding me? Four to nine iron. He's got them in there and I'm looking going, oh, hey, same, same clubs I'm using. I know that. Yeah. Is that true? Because he had, went to, what was the mirror? He or? always had the Titleist Blaze, and then he went to the mirror, mi- mi- whoever they whatever are. that one was, specifically yeah. made for him, and now he's got the blueprints in there. And, you know, he's got all, he loves offset. Does he? Yeah, he loves a big offset. Oh, okay. Cause the, yeah. I saw the mirror moo clubs or whatever they're called. Yeah. He got them to make them with the big offset. Well, I don't think he had the ping driver in the bag, and he might need it after the tee uh, shot on seven. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing the old Mark Allen thing of what's in the bag. <laughs> oh, uh, maybe al- I am. Almost. All almost. Right. Can we talk about Tiger's golf? Yes, Tiger. I watched a lot of the Hero uh, tournament this week. I'm glad week. you did, because I didn't. Yeah, and I was fair enough, too, because you're doing I six hours results, a day. Scheffler, so. um, putting better, wins the tournament. 16 of 18 greens on the last day, hitting the ball like a dream. Any difference in the putting? Did you notice or not? It looked like he was, um, uh, what do you call it, releasing. Releasing, there you it looked go. like there was more release Good. to me because okay. uh, I was watching because I was talking about, you know, if he keeps putting like this, he's going to brain him next year. And mm-hmm. it's actually true because he's hitting the ball like a dream. Footwork's gone to a new level of <laughs> nuttiness. Really? It's gone to a – they actually put a graphic on. They showed his footwork up against Tiger's footwork up against uh, JT's footwork. Ooh. And he finishes – he finishes – Toe, he's up on his left heel and the toe way up, and he's on his right toe, and they're next to each other. Yeah, I was, I was going to say he probably he probably f- finishes two feet further away from the ball than what he starts. It's like a ballerina <laughs> move. It is quite unbelievable. Anyway, he hit sixteen greens and, and and won the tournament easy. But mm. I want to talk about Tiger's golf because we all like talking about Tiger and the way he plays. Um, Swing looked very short and tight early. Got better as the week mm. went on. His limp got worse as the week went on. Understandably, I saw him chipping in a lot of uh, putting from a lot of places that he normally chips from. Now, it is pretty grainy on that course, though, yeah. from memory. Mm. But see, I've never seen him. He was always hands a gold tiger, mm. and watch me because I'm the best at everything. And I don't care how bad this lie is or how into the grain I am. I am hitting chips. He didn't. He was hitting parts. Okay. That's a good yeah. lesson for it, others out there. He looked very big in the upper body from what I saw a couple you, of swings. You have been reading my notes. Oh, have I? Because oh, sorry. he looks <laughs> so big. Like, he's almost too big. Was he a bit hunched at the setup? Hunched, big, and sweating bullets. I saw like, that. I saw a highlight of that. Yeah. Two, two. I think he's. I think it's going to take a time. I mean, he 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 looks more like. A world wrestler from the WWF. Okay. He wow. looks like you know Ricky Steamboat or something. <laughs> That's the physique he's got going, rather than the Tiger from the early two thousands, where he just looked like he mm. was a weapon, a golfing weapon. So I don't know about that. Um, the other thing that we never get spoken about: Tiger is Mister Nike, right? Mm-hmm. He's the Nike King. Mm-hmm. Who else is up there? Michael Jordan's got his own brand. Tigers, a Nike king. Roger Federer was, and now he's yep. not anymore. Right, mm-hmm. they're not. They're, they are kings. Yeah, 
And Nike make shoes. That's their bread and butter. He's not wearing Nike shoes. No, I know. He's wearing Footjoy shoes. Mm -hmm. And he's been wearing Footjoy shoes for a long, long time now. What is going on with that? Surely well, Nike can make him a pair of shoes he's comfy in. Heard a little little backstory here from, yeah. a, from a source. Oh, yeah. Not going to name the source. Ooh, I always love this. I like However, this I like it. when that happened yeah. and he's got the Footjoy shoes on, yeah. they've gone, hang on, we would love you to yeah. wear the Nikes, obviously. And yeah. he says, no, these these for me are, are what I'd like. And, and that's how it'll be going forward unless... You can make something similar and all that sort of thing. And they've gone, mm, do we want to upset the apple cart here? No, you just wear whatever you want and we'll figure that out later. So Good. that's well, that what make, I heard. That, well, that makes yeah. sense, yeah. doesn't it? Because you can't be Nike head to toe mm. or head to ankle. Head to ankle. <laughs> you can't be Nike head to ankle <laughs> in a Nike head to toe deal. Yeah. I'm sure once he gets off the course, it's all got Nikes on anyway. So Yeah. No, no, there's no doubt he'd put the sneakers on, mm. but not the golf shoes, which is amazing. Um, and... I was watching every player. They had this little thing on the back of their belt. Yes. Did you see that? I saw that. I saw a picture of it on Twitter. Right. Mm. So I Googled what is that thing on the back of their belt. Shot link. Shot link. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's much, much cheaper for them to do it this way. So if you don't know what shot link is, it's where they get all these unbelievable stats from. Strokes gained and all that sort of thing. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I don't know how it works, but apparently the army that is – ordinarily required to do shot link at every event. If the players wear this thing, it just makes it a lot yeah, easier and, and much think, cheaper. And then I think the walking scorer is going to have some sort of thing where they just push a button and that details oh. where they are and all that sort of thing. It's, that's what I've heard because it does take, you're right, an army of volunteers. The other thing on the Tiger thing that I heard, yeah, he might play a tournament once a month next, next year. Yes, Hello. I saw that as well. You said that one through. So this is great. I mean, he, mm. he, 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 he's limp. After four rounds, kind of looked like he's limp after two rounds last year to where you're going, oh, mm-hmm. God, he's in trouble. But there's only one way to do it. You've got to, you've got to go. You've got to walk. You've got to test yourself. And um, it'd be great to see him play six times this year. It would it would be fabulous. Certainly hey, would be. It's time for some feedback. Before we do the feedback, Jason Day, how did he go in the Bahamas? Yeah, he did 11th. Pre- did pretty well. Yeah. Well, Unusual 11th. seeing an Australian flag up against the tournament. 11th yeah. out of 20th. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard though, you know. The Australian Open, it's it's always been in that spot to where it was, quite often it was up against the, it was in the same week as the final of the DP World Tour. Well, the thing I've heard in that in those sorts of things is it always comes around Thanksgiving, which yeah. is a massive thing in, in the America. United States. It's almost bigger than Christmas yeah. for them. And I know his wife doesn't really like traveling you know they've got plenty yeah. of kids so i think it's probably more of a personal decision to stay yeah. stay in the us the and, and that's look did we miss him down here sure but did it change the tournament not no, really no not really hasn't been here for a while either so mm. hard to miss him when he hasn't been no, here i suppose true nice, nice pot there dan oh and i'm not that's I'm, a statement I'm, of fact i'm Mark. glad you're potting him and not me <laughs> i'm not potting jason today jeez uh we have some feedback and we've got a lot of it Here's a comment from Country Golfer. Right. Okay. There's your argument right there for rakes to be left in the bunker. That improved G.A. Shin's position and didn't protect the field. He's saying to keep rakes in the bunker. Yes. Did, did you see what happened? No, I didn't see what happened. Okay. So on the seventh hole, there was a rake left outside the bunker. The ball yeah. was up against the rake. She moved the rake. She walked onto the green because the ball was stationary, and then eventually the ball right. rolled into the bunker. Okay. Okay. Now, Country Golfer 
if the rake was in the bunker, guess what? The ball would have finished in the yeah. bunker yeah. anyway, so there was no difference. Yeah. But thank you for that feedback, though. That's right, Nick. Good thinking. I'm glad you're here. Tweet from Andy here. Andy said, I'm amazed how players can read a green before making a putt. Some work, some don't. A two-metre spirit level wouldn't look out of place in the golf bag these days, one would think. be a very useful golfing tool. I want to put this to you, all right? A marker. Oh, here we go. With a mini yeah. spirit level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know uh, we're going to call it, Nick. The Marco. The Marco. Yeah, now we're just cheating to another level there. <laughs> yeah. What? What? You know, frustrated when, when, me a little when, bit. When we do merch, when we yeah, start doing okay, merch, merch. I'll, I'll talk birdie to me. There's going to be a Marco with a spirit level Marco. The funniest thing about the Aussie Open yet uh, <laughs> on the weekend when Hoshino was was lining up his putts in the playoff, his yeah. caddy was standing, straddling the line, doing the aim point oh, yeah. with his, the hole behind him looking off in the distance. And I'm just sitting there thinking, mate, the hole's behind you. Yeah, what are you doing? Are you I know doing? they're trying to feel it in their feet and everything, oh, but it no. looked ridiculous. Please stop. Tim has uh, tweeted in, have we finally, this is actually after the Brisbane tournament, yeah. have we finally got a worthy new sultan of sand in Minwoo Lee, Marco? Wash your mouth out with soap. You wouldn't have said that. That is ridiculous. He might have him off the tee. But not in the sand. Yeah, that's no. exactly. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for backing <laughs> me up, mate. Now, one of the things we also saw in Brisbane, and we saw in because I see uh, you in there quite a bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw in the Sydney tournament on on Channel Nine was your host plus ads, which uh, oh, we posted up. I still haven't seen it, but yep, yeah, great. Oh, you haven't seen it? Well, I saw the bit that you posted. I haven't seen the whole. Mate, the bit he posted is it's like a godly figure. It oh, had this yes. shine about it. We need a little halo yeah. just sitting yeah. on there. I mean, if well, gonna... there's more coming too. So yeah, are there? Really? Well, they they just you know, given it's a superannuation company, Host Plus, we has to go through the whole legal department and all that sort of thing. But right. uh, it was a lot of fun filming them all. So. Yeah. Now, Dave Knight's asked a question about it. Right. Question: Why is Nick holding a right-handed club if he's a left-hander in the Host Plus ad? If you look at the golf club. Yeah. It's actually a left-handed golf club. Right. Is it because of the reverse of the way you're looking at the the camera? Probably. I well. Again, it, it was my club. I actually haven't had a look. Maybe in the camera it looks right-handed, but I'm going to have to double-check now. Mate, well, let's, we're just going to call Host Plus. If you're going right-handed, then they're going to call you Nico Who. That's, <laughs> uh, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get around that, by the way, with a handicap. Are you? Because I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah. I'm going to try and well, mate, get in, around that. We're in Australian Golf Headquarters. Let's just go straight upstairs oh, and get you I've asked the question before. It, it, Nick. I'm let, not going to talk about it. Let me ask the question. No, I've, on I've your already behalf. spoken to the. Done. I've already spoken to the right person, and it's right not on. going through. A couple of comments on your masterclass last week, Mark. This is from Spartan Partners. Judging by Marco's attire, 100, percent he's actually at a wedding, and he's just ducked out to the lawn at reception <laughs> for the video, and he's quickly gone back into the reception. No, I had just come back from our assembled media. Uh, by the way, if you ever need some media space oh, bought out go, there, just go. let me know. <laughs> assemblymedia.com.au. We'll get you some good rates. Ben also saw that masterclass and he said, I judge both swing length and speed. Sometimes a different shot needs more or less speed for trajectory and or spin control, Correct. I find. That's right. That's, that is exactly right. And you can factor that into your scone and it is amazing how it works. So no matter how high or how low or how open the club face sits or how hooked, you just go with judging the backswing length. And it just makes sense. I've got a question here from Peter. Hey guys, I had my first DNF at golf today. The rain was hammering down, the radar showed it, not easing for another two hours. A question for you, Nick and Mark, when is it okay to walk off a course? By the way, my three partners made the call before I did, but I didn't object, and this was on the 11th hole. 
Uh, I think it's okay to actually, once you've driven into the front gate, if it's raining and the uh, it looks pretty <laughs> ugly, then just go inside, order yourself a cappuccino and a toasted ham and cheese sandwich and laugh at them all. Look out the window and laugh at them. I know you're a fair weather golfer. We've spoken about this before so at FWG. No, I, I get out there and I do it. Oh, I think for you, it's you just look at the radar at home and go, no, not, <laughs> yeah, not right. today. Night, you don't even get to the golf club. Night before, <laughs> send the text out. I'm not playing if it's raining, just letting you know. The, the only time you actually can't mid-round walk off is if the players who you're marking for is having a good day. <laughs> Because yeah, that's true. You, yeah, you yeah, actually yeah. you've yeah. got to hang in there for him. Yeah. But if he's having a rotten day, if he's halfway to twenty four points, yeah. you got to let it go. You just look at him and go, mate, let's go, yeah. let's get out of here. It's like the priest off Caddyshack. He's got yeah. the caddy with him, and yeah. <laughs> it is Armageddon. And I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys might like Nick. You might like this idea particularly, fellas. Love all the golf tour. Can I suggest something in honour of Nick's wife, Alana? Yes. Oh, yes. A new segment called the No Shit Sherlock segment. Yeah. The idea is, it. yeah, the idea is that you guys give us the pros version on players' chances based on what you see in their form, demeanour, or something else in golf that seems obvious to your golfing eyes. Cheers, Dazza. I like that. The No, no don't mind Shit that. Sherlock segment. Well, I'll tell you, that, that could that. be a roving segment to where if we see something, we might just actually filter it in from on mm. from time to time. Yeah, I think that'd be a good one. And oh. by the way, I just checked the golf club. Yeah. It is a left-handed golf club. Oh, give me, a, give me another look. Give me another okay. look at that. So Dave Knight. I, I, don't trust, uh, I don't trust you anymore. Hang on. Where are we? I just yeah. took a picture of it. Let's have a look here. Give me a look. Yeah, it's left-handed. Oh, okay. Yep, no, got it. Yep, yep got it. Yep. Okay, there you go. This is from Feehan Dunleavy. Fian or Feehan? I'm not quite sure how to say that. I apologise, Fian. Can I just say that I've been a caddy around the world for the last 30 years, and I've been trying to get... GA to put a caddy list on their website for the players so they can go whenever they happen to be around That's the world. That's a great idea. Mm. They can choose. They can see what they want. They can they can actually grab a caddy. That is a great idea. Don't go to Nick. Go to me and I'll get it that sorted sort of yeah. work. You I'm, can't even get a Nick O'Hu going. I'll, I'll, I can, <laughs> I'll sort this out for you. That is a very, very good idea. Well, the question was, what do you think about the idea, which sounds like you've answered. And I would love to hear from you about it, which they have just done. Yeah, yeah that's a Perfect. great idea. We're Australians travelling all over the place just to have a, a list of caddies that uh, might have recommendations, might have who they've worked for. And you yeah. just go through the list and you go, oh, I like the sound of that guy. Sort of seems like a no-brainer. Bang. It's a bit like a, what is it, you know, tradie website or something? Yeah, that's right. Job site. Perfect. Yeah. Now, Scott Mitchell wrote in, and uh, he's got a, uh, a a question for you guys as well about uh, about pros and um, normal people. Pros and normal people. Pros v. normal people. Do you okay. count as a normal person, Dan? Oh, barely. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. Here we go. Hello. Hey, Scott. It's Mark Allen and Nick O'Hearn. Hey, guys. How you going? They really enjoy the pot each week. Oh, you're a good uh, man. Thanks for listening. Cheers, we Scott. appreciate it. Now, what's your question? Guys, I was at the Aussie PGA a couple of days last week. Sensational, by the way. And I'm one of those guys who likes to hang around the tee boxes on the fours and fives to watch the pros hit their driver. Yeah, nice. Um, I, notice a lot of the, I notice a lot of the pros don't tee the ball that high, maybe only quarter of the ball above the club face. Uh, Cam Smith and Moronk came to mind using a good old-fashioned wooden tee. They still get that great launch and ball flight with not much spin on the shooting. So what's their secret to doing that apart from having amazing ability? Well, I have a feeling. I mean, look, modern-day drivers, they're built for have, to have the tee up nice and high mm. because you want to launch it high and no spin. Uh, it, was it on any particular holes that were 
maybe into the wind or tight driving holes because that's what the pros do a lot of the time. They tee it down when they, you know, kind of have to flight one a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, good point. I think it might have been Cam might have been on that tight 14th where you sort of he was sort of looked like he was trying to hit maybe a cut. Yeah. We've got that you had that big tree on that right hand side that the pros were yes. having a lot of trouble with. So I think he's think he's trying to hold up his draw, I think. Right. Yeah, that makes sense there. So I, I would say most of the pros tee it pretty high and, and launch and let it rip when when they want a bit more control. And and the weird thing is, you know, for a for a pro at that level, when they hit a controlled flighted shot, mm. it still looks like it goes an absolute freaking mile. Yeah. So, uh, but for them, they're just trying to kind of hit a bit more of a fairway finder. Then they'll yeah. just tee it down a little more. I've got a feel on this as well, Scott. I know when I was playing, um, if I teed the ball down low, I felt like I had a lot less chance of the thing going left. Mm. A lot so of a pull. Yeah, right. So I would do that. Also, um, there are holes at the moment now at uh, where I play Kingston Heath. You know, there's the eighth hole, you can't see where the bunkers are. But sometimes I know if I tee a ball up, there's more chance of it going into these bunkers. If I tee it down lower, quite often I hit it lower on the club face. That makes the ball spin more. That's what we're talking about with rollback earlier mm. in the program as well. Um, and because it spins more, it doesn't go as far. But it, you know, it's a, it's a judgment call to where I think if I had a really good three wood, it might. Uh, I'm better off hitting a low teed driver to get closer to that uh, run out that I want to get to. Right, gotcha. Just get that little bit of a squeeze out there. Yeah, That's a little it. squeezer, mm. a little squeezer that won't go left. <laughs> Guys, I don't want to be the um, the Yoko owner who breaks up the talk birdie to me band. <laughs> oh. But I know I did I did know I did notice last week um, Zinger's contract at as NBC. League golf analyst hasn't been renewed. Um, there were rumours they were looking for a major champion to fill a chair, but I can only think of one current announcer who has beaten Tiger twice in match play. Good point. Um, and, you know, delivers good insight and measured comments with a bit of wit on air. So I was wondering, Nick, have you thought about throwing your hat into the ring? Oh, that is very, very kind of you, Scott, to say those words. But it's actually already been filled, I believe, by got it. Kurt Byram. Kurt Byram? Yes. You're better than him. <laughs> My God. Come on. Well, Kurt Byram. Hey, if, if they could let me do it remotely from Australia, then I'd do it. But uh... Kurt Byram wouldn't tie up Tiger's <laughs> shoes, mate. You've beaten him twice. Yeah, but uh, I, think, uh, I don't know where Kurt's come from. Maybe he's been doing the so he's been smaller doing, events. He's been doing uh, the uh, seconds. The Corn Ferry talk. Corn Ferry, yeah. ah, He's been doing go. some Corn Ferry okay. work. Yeah, I haven't heard him, so I'm not sure. No, he's a good commentator. I'm sure he's very good, obviously. Mate, he's so. a very, very, very good commentator, but you need a little bit of something. Yeah. You know, you well, need it's... something on the CV apart yeah. from just a win here Might, and there. Maybe a foreign accent would be good over there, too. That's this, why Finchie does so well, that's I why think. He does. Yeah. Oh, and he's a very nice fish. And he's one he's of the so nicest. nice, you yeah. want to punch him. Ian <laughs> uh, Baker Finchie. Um, hey, Marco, um, since you came out last, I think it was the other week, talking about Clenching your fist when putting your glove on. I've noticed I can't stop doing that now. Good. I'm not sure if it's cut any shots, but I must admit, I think I get a better fit with my gloves. Uh, well, well, well. hopefully they don't wear out as much because when you put them on loose, they really do scab up a bit and it's no good. So you want them on nice and tight. And if you do make a fist and then close the glove, um, you'll get it fitting better and those gloves will last a lot longer. That, and that's not coming from me. That's coming from the bloke who used to give me foot joy gloves way back in uh, in America, back in the early 90s. Sensational. Good on you. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Hey, power. Power questions there. Oh, Scott. Good. Well, let's just play the music. Okay. Bring it on.
say we weren't going to refer to it anymore? Oh, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Look at my arm. Look, I've got yeah. goosebumps. Look, I've got goosebumps on my forearms, Nick. Yeah, I might have that played as I step to the first tier <laughs> cathedral, actually. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. What do you think? Anyway, okay, the Ping Global results. Well, we had two national opens going on at once, actually. We had the South African Open yep. on the DP World Tour and obviously our Australian Open, which had three fields, as it turns out. Sticking here with Australia, obviously, Joaquin Neiman, who we spoke of, beat Hoshino, Minwoo Lee finishing third, and he's a ping player. So that's the Australian Open been won by two ping players the last two years. Because Adrian Moronk won last year, this year, Joaquin Neiman. Nice. Ashley Buhai created history, went back-to-back. That's only ever been done by Kari Webb and Yanni Singh. Mm. They've gone back-to-back as well in our National Open. Never seen a swing more on plane than hers. And the tempo and the rhythm. Works great when it's windy, which is... Yep. What it was on the final round. Her, her backswing's uh, the most mm. grooved pl- on-plane backswing I've seen. The only time I got worried about Ashley Buhai through that event was when she had about 15 feet up the hill where she had to two-putt and she left it three feet short. Ooh. And you could see yeah. she's gone, oh. There's a few. Oh. Laying, <laughs> laying up on the 54th hole, that was interesting too. That was weird. Yeah. That, that was, I just was thought she was going to play centre of the green because she. I'm thinking yeah. she's playing for a five, but then she goes straight at it. Yeah. It was kind of strange. Anyway, she... She has the Patricia yep. Bridges Bowl, so well done. Good stuff. Uh, the other event going on was the All Abilities there. Yeah. Now, Australia's number one ranked All Abilities player, Lachlan Wood, shot 71, 72, 70. Nick around off. Around those golf courses. Nick off. That is impressive. Uh, to be even par, I will nick off. <laughs> wow. He beat uh, Irishman Brendan Lawler, who's just a brilliant player. Like I think he's third or fourth in the world. Yeah. And our own Cameron Pollard as well. Who Remember Cameron Pollard and Lachlan Wood? They've been battling yeah. it out here in Australia. He finished third, so that was a really good result so for he's Cameron. He's been bashed up a little bit lately because he's been, he, he's been on the wrong end of some wins. And mm. he's, he needs a bit of a confidence boost. Yeah, anyway. Uh, the South African Open, Dean Burmester went back-to-back. In uh, because he won last week yeah. as well, Joe Berg Open. We spoke about him, yeah. and he's a golfer that is very good to watch. Impressive. You watch him play, he does a lot of good stuff. Yeah. How many times do you think Gary Player won the South African Open? 15. Ooh, close, 13. Wow. <laughs> 13 times. <laughs> pretty good. Because I was looking, and how many times he won the Australian Open? You Nine. know this. No, I think seven. Seven. There seven. you go. Seven. There you go. Jack's at six. And anyway, um, I've a Witten five. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jeez, you're a historian. I, I saw the slide that went on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> should have got you on the coverage. Uh, the Tigers event, the Hero World Challenge, where they had 20 players. Scotty Scheffler, as you said, yes. cruised to a three-shot win over uh, Seb Strucker. Yeah. And, and his footwork's getting worse. Justin Thomas finished third. Will Zalatoris brought up the rear end of the field. It's his first event back in a long time. His scores, get this, Mark, 81, yeah. Yeah. 69. Yep. 79, yep. 71. Yep. How is that for an up and down I week? That is crazy. Now, and he's gone to the broomstick. Yeah. So, Will, if you don't know. What's the stroke look like? I didn't see any of it. Uh, they didn't show Will. <laughs> for obvious reasons. They didn't show Will. But Will, I, my heart breaks for Will Zelatoris because he um, lost, what, he's come second in majors, what, three times now? He was offered a lot of money to go to live. Mm. A hell of a lot of cash. Yeah. And I'm talking... Big coin, as yep. big as as big as anybody, and he said no. He did, and not long after he got the yips to where or not. Well, I won't call them the yips. He got the heebie-jeebies. He got the heebie-jeebies. So he said no to all that money. Then got the heebie-jeebies. Oh, he's had back issues. Then That's he's got the he's back issues. Yep. Now he's got a long putter, and he's coming last basically. So he'll be fine. This is his first event back. I have belief in the young man. I hope. 
I don't want to see him not make a cent for the rest of his life, and he said no to all that money at live. Because yeah. he was... Uh, he That's also, a heartbreaker. Who does he look like off Happy Gilmore? Is there a caddy? The caddy. Yeah, yeah. he looks Young like kid. Happy's caddy. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> He's a better uh, player, though. Yes, a little bit. Yep. Okay, uh, on the Asian tour, second last event of the schedule, Chinese Taipei, the Taifong Open. I'm just mentioning this because yeah. I, there's a name here, that the guy that won it. I'm going to see if I can get this out. Haven't had a wine either. Yeah. Suripat Pradeep Tiancha. Awesome. How Sudipat good are you? Pratin- oh, gosh, I've stuffed it already. No, nah, you got it right the first yeah, time. Yeah, I did. Anyway, he had a four-shot win. Best of the Aussies was Todd Sinnott. Still going, Tony. Yeah, what, he didn't. He didn't, didn't play, play here in Australia. Open? No, he was. He was up there in Asia. Played in the PGA, but not in the Australia. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Right. Maybe, maybe he didn't get a start. I yeah, don't know. Right. And Doug Klein tied for 32nd up in Japan. Taiga Semikawa had a one-shot win over Takumi Kanai and Kita Nakajima. Wow. No relation to Tommy, yep. I don't think. That's right. No, you're right. And Brad Kennedy tied 12th. Still going well still up there. Still going with mm-hmm. the weak grip. Yeah. No knuckles on the left hand. Tied 15th for Dylan. Perry, so that was really good. LPGA Q School, which is going on at the moment now, mm. I don't know because we're recording this a little earlier than when it's finished. Mm. They had to cancel round three because of uh, storms. Yes. They just finished round three the other day, and Robin Choi Come on, shot Rob. 64 to move into the lead. Come on, Robin. She's coming first. That's big. LPGA Q School. That's so, big. So uh, look out for her. I'm hoping she can gain one of the cards. Top 20 get a good category over there on the LPGA Tour. And finally, coming up is the Live Promotions event. December 8 to 10. Right. Okay, it's coming up. 11 Aussies are competing. Yeah. They have round one, 59 players, top yeah. 20 advance. Yeah. Round two, yeah. they're going to have 35-ish players. Yes. Top 20 advance. Final 36 holes. Top three get their live top card. Three. Huge. Jed Morgan and Wade Ormsby get exempt into their second round. Good. Um, see Jason Duffner. He's, Duff, he's playing. Yeah. Duff is playing. Good. Got right some right. interesting names in the... Uh, and so he would have got in through a past President's Cup category. Oh, major champion. Yep. Uh, possibly. But anyway, quite a few of our Australians, like Lockie Barker, Austin Batista, yep. the Iceman, yep. Andrew Dot, Scott Hend, uh, Brendan Jones is going. BJ. Mm, wow. Going to give it a go. Ryan Ruffles, Zach so, Murray. Jones would be, what, 50-something, wouldn't he? How old is uh, Jones? Yes, I think he's 50, 51. Yeah, right. Travis Smythe and Kevin Yuan, anyway. So right. uh, hopefully to those guys, they can uh, perhaps get a card on live. So that Fingers is our crossed. Fingers crossed. Ping Global Result. Okay, it's time for this week's top five. And on the back of uh, Jochen Neiman, just eagling the last to take victory in the Australian Open, I Ooh. thought it would be a good time okay. to go look, go back at some of the greatest playoff performances we have ever seen. Oh, I like this. You don't make it. Even though you hold the bunker shot. I've been in two four-hole playoffs. So, uh, yeah, no, they're they're not worthy of it. Pazza did, who beat you. No, he did. (laughs) Where did he beat you? God, he holds some putts on you. Please, just don't don't remind me of it. Royal Melbourne, yeah. Only only Birdies and Eagles make this list. So you've got to be good. Um. And I'm not going to start it off without Celine Boudier, who beat Tay Titikal. Tay Titikal. Thank you. Uh, in nine holes. And there was lots of birdies made. And it was the longest playoff they've had for a long, long time. Yes. So Celine Boudier gets in. Well done. One we saw this year that you and I both loved, Tommy Fleetwood trying to win for the first time on the oh. US PGA Tour. Yes. Nick Taylor ends up holding a bomb, bomb. on about the fourth playoff hole. It was a huge Canadian it was a, Open. It was an 80-footer to win his home 
National, national Championship. Open. How yeah. good are National Opens? And that was when Adam Hand- Hadwin got attacked by the security guard when he was coming in to celebrate. That's right. Who Adam the dre- hip and shoulder. Who did Hadwin dress up as in Halloween this year? He dressed up as a security guard oh, in yeah. Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that, was good. that was good. Adam Scott making birdie oh, to course. win the Masters. We've got an Australian lean oh. here. At uh, talk of birdie course, to me to be so, Angel Cabrera. Oh, that was huge. How was Cabrera's shot on the seventy second? Oh, ridiculous! That was a joke. Ridiculous. Is he out of jail yet? Angel? Yes, he's back. He's back in mm-hmm. business. Has he got an ankle bracelet or anything like that? <laughs> I'm not or is he sure. okay? I don't know. <laughs> this one makes me sick. This is number two. This is number two. Larry Mize. Oh yes. Larry Mize didn't just beat Greg Norman in that playoff with that chip in at eleven. He also beat Severiano Ballesteros in the same playoff. Sevi stuffed up the 10th hole and it was just down to Greg and Larry. Do you remember the they had the camera on Sevi as he does the lonely walk yes. back up the 10th? Yes, <laughs> I'll I always remember. remember that image. I remember. I remember. <laughs> so, again, so many people, though, he's, he's, he's known for chipping in on Greg Norman, but mm. he actually beat two of the biggest heavyweights the game has ever known yep. in that playoff, Sevi and Greg. And my number one, playoff performance. Okay. After being told he had a swing like a twenty-two handicap oh. early in the week by Johnny Miller, mm-hmm. Craig Perry holding a six iron at the Blue Monster is the number one. Number one. To well defeat. Done, Pazza. To defeat. who did he beat? Scott Verplank. Scott Verplank. Yes. God, what a grip. He used to tape up his putter grips with tennis coverings. He did. Yeah, yeah like wraps. Like wraps. <laughs> like yeah. he had tennis wraps on his yeah. uh, ping grip. I always liked Scotty. Good guy. He was. He, yeah. oh, he seemed like a good guy. Yeah, he was. Real grinder. Time for this week's masterclass. And is this the second week of row in a row? I think we're doing it on Min Woo Lee because you did it on his pitching, didn't you? At the yeah, PGA. Yeah, yeah well, I'm going to do it because of his shot that he hit on the 36 hole off the pine straw. Because this is such a hard shot to hit when he was over the ball, and he was talking to his caddy about, oh, is it an eight or a nine iron? Mm-hmm. And at 173 meters, I was thinking eight or a nine iron. Yeah, that's the first thing I was yeah. thinking. So in my own mind, I'm thinking take the eight because. If you've got to go at it hard, you're going to slip. But he went with a nine, and he went at it hard. Somehow, he made great contact. So the masterclass is when you get that dodgy lie, whether it's pine straw or it's soft sand or it's loose in the rough, take the extra club. Don't do a Min Woo Lee and go at it mm. flat out because what he did is a one in a hundred yeah, shot, he's basically. He's a freak show. He's he, a freak. He's a freak show. For the other 99.99999 golfers out there, you're not going to be able to do that. So the key in these situations is stability. So you want a little wider stance, and if anything, maybe if you can sort of create a little bit of stability with your feet, somehow get them not buried into the ground, but just create a nice base for yourself, that's always good. And take an extra club, a smooth three-quarter swing. It's a little bit like playing out of a fairway bunker where you want to Mm. keep the lower body nice and quiet, more of an upper body swing, all about making that solid contact. At a pine straw, every now and then you can get a little bit of a a little bit of a jumpy sort of lie out of it when you get one of those little straws that get stuck in between the club face and the ball. So be wary of that. That's why taking the extra club, you just want to make a nice smooth swing. Don't go at it too hard. And solid contact is key. And then the other thing is don't try and bite off more than you can chew. Because you're out of position, play to the fat side of the green or the fat side of the fairway, wherever you're going. 
take your medicine and move on. Don't take the hero shot of knocking it over the water, big slinging drawer and hitting it to two feet. That's all well and nice, but it probably won't work out. So I'll post a video up on socials how to hit those shots out of those those sort of lies that are really tricky in the rough, which I'm sure a lot of us get because a lot of yeah, us don't hit the fairway too that, often. That is true. Well, uh, I've got some advice for you. We've Just done it. a couple of brockers before oh. you get up there, okay? Just a couple of brockers, <laughs> no. set yourself, and then you'll Look, be okay I, for round one. I, I'm going to have a glass, maybe two at the gala dinner. <laughs> That'll be it. That'll be it. I've got my good buddy... Paul Marsh caddying for me. Have you had Marshy? Marshy's coming out on the second day because in first day we're out in golf carts. He, he's a good fella, Paul Marsh. Yeah, he's a um, good, good player himself. So uh, we're going to have some fun and I will let you know how I go. All right. Say hello to David Evans for me. Will and, do. And tell him I'm still looking for my invitation as well. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I didn't get one last year. I looked Maybe. in the letterbox all week and I still didn't get my invitation. Maybe so. next year. Good on you, Who Dave. Knows. Good on you, David. Uh, <laughs> Cheers, see, guys. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. And if you're looking for some new gear, Ping is absolute top class. Ping help you play your best. Contact your local golf shop or professional and they'll sort you out. And the golf clearance outlet who beat everyone's prices. They're in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth and online at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Got a favour to ask, wherever you listen, if you get a chance to rate and review the pod, that would be fantastic. And if you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media and sound design is by Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com.